The following announcements have been paid for by the sponsors of the Hameen Media Group. Hameen Media Group brand management is taking over. Social media, video, audio, design, marketing, and more. HMG Brand Management is proud to be partnered with Vince Russo's The Brand, Stevie Ray TV, Rip Rogers' FR Podcast, Goldilocks, Big Vito Brand, The A-Show starring Aaron Stevens and April Hunter, The Two-Man Power Trip, and now Angelina Love and Velvet Sky, The Beautiful People. Search for all of our HMG brand management partners on your favorite podcatchers, YouTube, and of course, Patreon. Support your favorite HMG ring veterans by visiting ProWrestlingTees.com, Dr. Man Beast Ted McNailer, Freak God Papadon, SCG Search from Big Sal, Chris Silvio, Stevie Richards, and of course, the Ayatollah himself, Ben Hameen. Hey, bro, wake up with the official Vince Russo coffee from Broaster's Coffee. Medium roasted. Nicaraguan blend with chocolatey notes in a smooth finish that'll have you ready to go, bro. Available only at thebroasters.com. For a flavorful hashtag RBV Fitness Foodie experience, visit Zorosoliveoil.com. Zordos Ultra Premium Extra Virgin Olive Oil is exclusively sourced from the Zordos family private 100-year-old olive groves in Greece. Taste the difference and visit Zorosoliveoil.com today. StevieRichardsFitness.com For the most affordable and effective home workout program that'll give you results, real results. 12 and 16 week resistant band programs are available for instant download now at StevieRichardsFitness.com Russo'sBrand.com Where the pros are pros, bro. Get the most valid takes in wrestling from the pros who live it. Visit Russo'sBrand.com Subscribe to Hacker Hameen and Hameen Media Group on podbeam.com and visit patreon.com backslash Hameen Media Group. We now take you to your featured HMG presentation. The force is with you, young Skywalker. But you are not a Jedi yet. My powers have doubled since the last time we met Count. Hey! Suffering. Death, I fear. Something terrible has happened. Young Skywalker is in dark side of the force is a pathway to many abilities some consider to be unnatural. I will be the most powerful Jedi ever. It's all Obi-Wan's fault. He's jealous. He's holding me back. You don't know the power of the dark side. I must obey my master. These aren't the droids you're looking for. Hello there. Fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. Execute, 
Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys, girls, Jedi, Sith, Mandalorians, Twi'leks, Transdotions, because we are an inclusive, non-hateful podcast to another edition of the new Force Order. Forever. Podcast. We are a Star Wars podcast, and if you have not realized that by now, this is the Triple Ones episode. It's a good episode if you're playing CLO, Triple Ones. Uh, <laughs> there is no hope for you, and there's only one thing that happens to those individuals who do, in fact, have hope. They Doc, can build you... rebellions! That's right. Rebellions are built on hope. Rebellions are built on hope. But I digress about the rebellions because today is a very special day. It is May the 4th, Star Wars Day. So happy May the 4th to all of you guys. This is the May. We're ready to rock and roll tonight with a grateful, uh, great show, excuse me, uh, full of uh, news, most of it full of it fluff. But we're going to make soup salad out of chicken shit. Just like the dark sick Sith Lord likes to say. Speaking of the dark Sith Lord, I'm getting a a little uh, beep on my uh, my beeper from Mexico. He even put in the code 66 after the number. Uh, <laughs> all, all the way from the Witness Protectors Program. Hit him with a hey yo, big guy. Then introduce yourself. Hey yo. Ladies and gentlemen. I am the Dark Lord of the Podcast, the Sith Ari, the Rampaging Revan Kiss, the Butcher, your boy, Dark Spirit on. Now, I'll introduce myself. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is O H to the OV. No, I'm kidding. My name is GGP, a.k.a. Greek God Papadon. I am a pro wrestler. I am a multi-time champion in a galaxy far, far away. I am a Star Wars aficionado and current heavyweight champion of the world in three different promotions at the same time. Ah, to the Greek, Greek. Ah, ah. And alongside with me all the way from the sunny state of Florida, I'm sorry, Florida, it is the man, the myth, the legend, the one who's banging Minnie and stroking off Goofy while sucking off Mickey, all to get a free lightsaber from Star Wars land, it's the Doctor. Not a thugonomics, but a stealing thunder. Introduce yourself, sir. I am smarter than 2-1-B, more technical than FX7, the god of stealing thunder. And the man who's coming to you live from the house of the mouse, where he, when I wish upon a Death Star, makes no difference if you're Transdotion, if you are Dr. Destroyo, <laughs> Alex Arroyo. Well, ladies and gentlemen, like we said, today's May the 4th. A lot of news came out today, um, but I'm going to be the first one to tell you, and I'm going to get a lot of hate over this, but this was the weakest May the 4th I've ever seen. Oh, it was terrible, dude. You know what's Harbor. even more terrible? I can tell you this. Uh, I, so we're, I'm, I'm at Disney, clearly, if you guys didn't figure that out. Hey, Doc, are you from the Disney? beginning. 
I'm at Disney in Orlando, Florida. Um, and, and the missus dropped the fucking ball. She blew the fucking spot. Where, where could I have been today on May the 4th at Disney at Hollywood Studios to be at Galaxy's Edge? But instead, she books fucking Magic Kingdom on May the 4th and Star Wars on May the 5th. She could have redeemed herself by, by doing uh, Revenge of the Sixth and done it on Thursday. But no, we're going to go Cinco de, uh, Cinco de Mayo, uh, May 5th. Well, have your enchiladas and your green milk because you're going to be partying uh, like it's 1999. I, and I, decided, I decided I'm going to go as a Juan Solo for, a, for Cinco de Mayo at Star Wars Land. Very nice. You can dress her up as your Twilight slave, too. Have the boys be Ewoks. Shaved Cholo Ewoks. Ba- Cholo Baca. Cholo Baca. There you go. And his cousin Chewie. <laughs> oh. Anyhow, I'll report Homeboy eighty eight to be Cholo Baca. Nice. Um, let's get let's uh, off the topic of bad news. Let's go into some nice, funny haha news. Uh, we have a segment here on the NFL. We like to start off the show on a good note. It's called Marky Mark and his funky tweets. It's full of good vibrations and sweet expectations. Yeah, can you feel it, baby? Mark Hamill, the man, the myth, the legend, the face that runs the place of Star Wars, a.k.a. Luke Skywalker, is a national treasure. And he has been on the Twitter yet again. And uh, we pick a couple of his tweets that really pop us during the week. And (laughs) the man is a wordsmith, to say the least. You can follow him at Hamill himself. And do me a favor. Do Doc a favor. Do Sparrow a favor. When you decide to follow him or you decide to tweet him, Tell him that the NFO podcast at NFO underscore podcast sent you. But anyway, back to our regularly scheduled program. It's all about the Marky Mark and the funky tweets. There was an individual who posted a picture of a tattoo that they got. And it says, believe in yourself and never lose hope. Not hope, because rebellions are built on hope. Never lose hope. Then Marky Mark, Mark Hamill himself, saw the uh, picture and responded to the tweet by tweeting, hashtag episode four, underscore a new hoop. That's when I put in my in-laws backyard, a new hoop when I was over there. Yeah. I'd have like four Mexicans help me do it. The shit was fucking heavy, dude. It's crazy. But, what, do you uh, call, uh, what do you call two Mexicans playing basketball? One-on-one. Uh, on one. Ah, you know that one. You know what I heard? I heard, I heard today. What do you call a Mexican that lost it, that loses his car? Uh, I don't know. Carlos. What do you get when you cross a Mexican and an octopus? <laughs> what? I don't know, but it's your wash dishes. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> In Spanish, we're gonna say Los Papos Maximos. <laughs> Well, don't, don't mention Maximus to me. They still owe me money. Do they really? I love yeah, that. Yeah, don't even start. Mark Hamill went to Twitter and he asked 
the Star Wars fans to vote for Luke's return in The Mandalorian, Episode 16, as 2020's most must-see moment. This has to do with the BAFTA Awards. And he wants the Star Wars fans to vote for Luke Skywalker's action-packed and nostalgic Mandalorian cameo as a 2020's must-see moment. And here's the tweet. This is the only at BAFTA, B-A-F-T-A, category chosen by the public in the UK. It would be an honor if the fans picked Luke's surprise appearance, which I called, to pick up Grogu as a must-see. If you wish to vote, go to virginmedia.com slash BAFTA. And thanks for being the best fans in the galaxy at The Mandalorian. Now, I don't know about you, Doc. But all the virgins know that watch Star Wars always go to Virgin Media, so it's fun. Is Virgin Media uh, Big Ray Hernandez's uh, yeah, exactly. production company? It's, it's a promotion. Yeah, two, 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 <laughs> two churros, one cup. Um, so, uh, anyway, two churros, one cup. Yeah, well, that's what he looks like. He ate a couple too many churros. Anyway, uh, we love you, Ray. We're only joking. Don't cry in your fucking safe space, you snowflake. Um, so, uh, I don't know about you, but this whole Luke Skywalker appearance at the end of Chapter 16, which I called, um, isn't the 2020 must-see uh, moment, in my opinion. I would it say isn't. probably no. No, no, no. I would say it's the must-see moment of all time. Well, of all time. Okay. All right. Name me, another, name me another time in TV history mm. where you were so shocked and so emotionally vested and nostalgia kicked in and you're tearing like Star Wars theory and having a good time but it's something memorable what was the last time you seen that uh, during the uh, show? who shot JR maybe really uh, not really no All I was right. like four when that happened <laughs> but that's my point uh, Grogu maybe but was it really as crying and as no. breathtaking as this no, no. There's certain times in your life people remember where they are, right? The day JFK got shot. 9-11. 9-11. Inside job. Different podcast. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, Moon landing. Totally fake. Again, different podcast. I agree with you. Different podcast. But JFK, not shot by Oswald. Keep going. I agree, I agree, I agree with you even yet again. Different podcast. Conspiracy Horseman. But... Um, Everybody remembers. Everybody remembers where they were when they witnessed the return of Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker, in the black with the glove and the green lightsaber to with go get baby, match. With the, to go get baby Gro, baby Grogu. But it's so much of a must see moment that it had the largest viewership in streaming history. What was it, like billion hours watched or something like that? Yeah, some shit like that, which is crazy. So you would think that automatically qualifies it for being the most must-see moment. What is it going to be, the Bachelor finale? Come on, it's yeah, a yeah, work. Exactly. Now it's going to be the uh, the Real Housewives of New Jersey's, uh, you know, with a bitch fest. Well, that's a sandwich. It was like a sandwich-making <laughs> fucking competition. No. <laughs> there is one of them that was actually funny. I think it was on Basketball Wives or... Real Housewives of Atlanta, some shit like that, where one of the chicks was talking and one of them says, oh, uh, I, I, had, I had an abortion and it was twins. And one of the other girls goes, 
Ooh, a double homicide. <laughs> I popped. Oh, wow. <laughs> double homicide. I was like, oh, that bitch is quicker than me. That was that was clever. Pretty clever. Uh, she yeah. likes playing games. And speaking about games, Doc, you know, there's, there's rumors afoot that there's a game being based on The Mandalorian. And that it's going to be in development. Did you hear about this? I did hear a little bit about this. So one of the the um, the leaders of one of these video game companies, I can't remember which company it was. You probably have it in front of you right there. Xbox. Hey, Xbox, uh, who likes to drop some hints when he does some live streams for his fans, which a lot of these guys do. Like a lot of the, the, uh, the Marvel Legends team does it too for the figures. They put like behind them on the shelves, little hints and, and drips and drabs of stuff. And um, at one point he had the Xbox... Uh, X behind him without telling anybody before they announced that, that it was coming out and then this stream that he did he had a Mandalorian pop behind him which was had never been there previously so well placed um, a prop or uh, accidental uh, internet on fire the world may never know well let's uh, well there's more news for her regarding another game and then we'll get the dark Sith Lord's opinion on all this because he's the gamer Star Wars announces next-gen release for Jedi Fallen Order. Now, I know what all these people are saying who bought their Xbox Ones and their PlayStation 4s. They love the game so much. They buy the new console. What are they going to do? Unfortunately, none of the new consoles play prior games, from what I understand. That's how they get you, right? So, in celebration of May the 4th, it's been announced that Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order will get a new release. For the current generation consoles, the game's release on the PlayStation it's console Fo- consoles consoles are Anakin going to get on. It's a console. That's what I said. Consoles. Okay, keep going. The games. Oh, you don't like it when I when I speak Brooklynese, do I you? I do not. Bail, bow. Move, on this console. Uh, uh, excuse me, my last name is Bates. Can I be a master on this council? Oh anyway, God, <laughs> the game's release on PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series XS is coming this summer and will bring a number of technical improvements. These enhancements were not elaborated on in the article, but it's easy to assume that at the very least, resolution and frame rates will be improved, whatever that means. The release will be a free cross-generation upgrade for current owners. Oh, that's nice. So, let's throw it all the way to Exco. Spiro, what do you think about the alleged Mandalorian game being developed by Xbox and the upgrade for Jedi Fallen Order for the Xbox Series XS and the PlayStation 5? Man, what a time to be a gamer and what a time to be a Star Wars fan, you know? Um, haven't had much time to game lately, and it kills me, man, because fucking a Mando game, a game based on the Mandalorian, and it has to be open world, man. It has to fucking be open world, and, you know, I, I didn't read anything up on this. All I know is that there's something in development, and it makes sense, because if it makes sense, it makes dollars, right, guys? You know? Um, yeah, man, it has to be open world. And what I want to see in this is, you know, I want to see like side missions where, you know, you fucking get 
like bounties and shit, you know, like if you fucking need some funds to upgrade your uh, your gear or, you know, to upgrade your, your XP, you can take like side bounties that, you know, uh, you know, they got to do do this shit right. You know, they got to have fucking, I mean, damn, man, I don't want to deep dive into this and take up the whole show now, but man, there's so much that they can do with this. You know, um, I would take a page out of, I would do this sort of a combination of how they did Fallen Order and uh, Knights of the Old Republic, where don't make it term, uh, don't make it term-based, Makes no sense. I think that's a formula that needs to fucking end. That needs to go away. All right. But, you know, incorporate those those RPG elements in there. Make it open world. Give us fucking never ending bounties to keep the fucking game fresh. You know, to keep the fucking game going. And, you know, dude. This is awesome, man, you know, and yeah, man, you know, have it span different worlds, you know, uh, it, it's exciting. I don't know if I'll ever get a chance to fucking play the game, but so while we're on gaming, right, uh, Jedi Fallen Order is getting remade for the next gen consoles. I think that's fucking awesome. Now, when they say remastered, I hope they're not only talking about, you know, uh, an upgrade to the graphics that they have to add elements and other things like you know like fifa if you've played fifa on the ps5 or the new xbox you know they they've incorporated other physics elements in there that are not in the ps4 or the xbox one like like there's flares there's fans who, who are holding flares if you've been to a fucking soccer game in greece you know man you, you fucking seen you know flares that look like that the whole stadium's about to fucking burn down and shit so that's an awesome touch so i can imagine that for jedi fallen order date they tweak a few things with the fucking environment uh whether um the way uh lightsabers react to you know the um, objects and shit. I mean, there's just so much that they can do. I thought that Jedi Fallen Order, while it wasn't a perfect game for a Star Wars fan, it was a fucking great game. I can on, I can only imagine that they'd be improving on it in every way possible. But, you know, it's EA, guys. So, you know, let's keep our fingers crossed because, you know, EA, you know, for every great game that they make, there's something in there that just is bound to piss everybody off so be be prepared for that shit you know well if i have to take gaming advice i would have to take it from a gamer so i'm gonna take whatever spiro says to heart and i'm gonna take it not with a grain of salt but i'm gonna take it with whatever the opposite of a grain of salt is what's the opposite of a grain of salt doc that terminology uh pipkin of pepper i don't know okay so, Doc, as, yes. you're done, as you're down your soda, um, we talked about this last week. About our boy, your boy, my boy, not Shane Helms' boy, Kenobi. Ewan McGregor talks about his lightsaber training from the series and teases young Luke. 
And I'm going to read this article. It comes from a reliable source, StarWarsNews.net. So it's not Mike Zero. reliable. It's not Overlord DVD. So he did an interview with The Hollywood Reporter, and they spoke a lot about his career and his upcoming projects, especially Kenobi. The six-parter for Disney+, Plus, which is obviously confirmed here, six episodes. Uh, McGregor spoke about his extensive lightsaber training in preparation for the series, reflecting on Obi-Wan at 50 versus his 20s and his 30s, and even teases a young Luke Skywalker appearing. Now, here we go with the interview. In speaking with The Hollywood Reporter, McGregor first talked about his lightsaber training for the upcoming Disney Plus series. For months, we've been... I'm not going to do his voice. For <laughs> months, we've been doing these monster two-and-a-half-hour sessions of sword fights and hand-to-hand stuff, which we talked about last. And hand-to-hand yeah. doesn't mean like hand-to-hand transactions on the corner. We're talking about combat. Yeah. Uh, McGregor's full of excitement for this upcoming project. More no than- happy ending. More than his first time around. And he quotes, I'm really excited about it, maybe more so than the first ones. Because I'm older. Because they're paying him more. Uh, I'm older, just turned 50, and I'm just in a much better place. One of the many reasons he's excited about Obi-Wan Kenobi again uh, now is the new stagecraft technology, a.k.a. the volume, used in the making of The Mandalorian, which will also be used in the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. Now, he says, they pro- the project, the virtual backgrounds, in parentheses, oh, they pro- I'm sorry, they project onto this massive LED screen. So if you're in a desert, you're standing in the middle of a desert. If you're in the snow, you're surrounded by snow. Snow? Yes. You know nothing, John Snow. You know nothing, John Snow. You know nothing, Jon Snow. I know your people are brave. No one denies that. You know nothing, Six times. You know nothing, Jon Snow. You know nothing, Jon Snow. And if you're in the cockpit of a starfighter, you're in space. It's going to feel so much more real. McGregor briefly reflects back on what it's like trying to act in an environment of the prequel sets with perhaps not the greatest of dialogue. Because George loves technology and loves pushing it into the realm, he wanted more and more control over what we see in the background. After three or four months of that, it just gets really tedious, especially when the scenes are, I don't know, I don't want to be rude, but it's not Shakespeare. There's not something to dig into in the dialogue that can satisfy you when there's no environment there. Who wrote this, George? No, this is what you and McGregor were saying about the prequels. Yeah, who wrote that, George? (laughs) Flashback to now, the Scottish actor admits he'd known for a long time that Disney wanted to bring him back for the role, but he just couldn't talk about it until August 2019 with Kathleen Kennedy, um, Spiro's Wet Dream, brought him (laughs) on stage on D23. We were there first to break the news. Yeah, we didn't realize it by before that. That the Kenobi project was being made into a six-episode Disney Plus in February of that year, and Lucasfilm confirmed it in August of D23. Finally, McGregor told uh, The Hollywood Reporter that he did some screen tests with director Deborah Chow, who's directing the entire series. 
which she uses, which she used as an opportunity to sing her praises. This might be ref, uh, referring to the in-costume camera tests done on the set of The Mandalorian we learned about last year. He followed up by teasing the appearance of a young Luke Skywalker in the show. After being asked whether those tests were done with a young Luke, the actor said while grinning, that's very possible. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi is currently aiming for a 2022 release date. We'll keep you posted everything related to the show as it develops. Meanwhile, make sure to go ahead over to Hollywood Reporter to read the rest of the interview. This was written by Miguel Fernandez, StarWarsNews.net, our friends over there with... Uh, uh, what do you think, uh, Doc? What's your take on this whole uh, article? It was really well, deep. We touched base on it lightly last yeah. last show, but we went into depth now, ball deep. Well, uh, the for me, the you know, who gives a shit about the fighting and the this and the that? And he's back. He's happy. Of course, he's happy. Back. He's happy to be. Who's 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 not happy to be working, especially on Star Wars? They probably paid him three times as much as they fucking paid him for the last three movies. So. It makes perfect sense to me that he's going to be happy. Plus, he's got to pay his bitch of a nice wife to actually get out of this. So, uh, any money that's coming in when you're when you're paying when you're paying these these hoes, let me tell you, important thing. Um, but for me, the the biggest thing about this thing is is the grin, the big grin that he had when he talked about the whole Luke Skywalker thing. So, that's going to be interesting. Um, we can we kind of you know surmise at some point that he was going to have some interactions with Luke, either protecting him or trying to you know somewhat guide him. But it does seem like in the, be in the beginning of A New Hope that, you know, when Luke is asking about old Ben, you know, what about old Ben? That guy, you know, the wizard with the, the crazy space wizard in the desert. He really doesn't know him well. So unless he interacts with a very, very young Luke, which he forgot what was going on, which would be interesting, then for sure he's not going to be interacting with a Luke who's probably eight and above, is my guess. Well, this takes place 10 years after episode three, so he's probably around 10 years old. Um, it could be eight, could be nine, 10, 11. Maybe he f mind wipes him. I don't know. But yeah, uh, yeah. Well, maybe he has a flashback when, when he was there because he, he probably went to Tatooine right away, right after he dropped him off, right? My, my assumption. Yeah, and he probably went to the bar and got a drink, got hammered, exactly. and uh, clapped some twilight cheeks and had a good time. Yeah, exactly. Come over, you will suck my dick. <laughs> is that a lightsaber sailor are you happy to see me um i know you're on vacay and i appreciate you taking the time doc to and the fans all six of them i hope they appreciate yeah, it oh, as yeah, well. bitches better appreciate that shit my wife's gonna kill me yeah, whatever listen name me a day she's not gonna kill you no parsecs tonight let me tell you that <laughs> Um, but Disney now is having a new cruise ship. Did you read about this with the Star Wars bar and the Marvel Studios restaurant? Oh, no, I hadn't read any here about this. Is it here right. now? Because I'll swim to that shit right this second. Well, Disney Cruise Lines has revealed its newest ship, the Disney Wish. And if you're a fan of Star Wars and Marvel, you should probably pay close attention. For adults, the Star Wars Hyperspace Lounge will be there for all of your space cocktail needs. You can take a look at the concept art for the art below. In the article, they show the picture of the bar. Uh, there aren't many details about what to expect there, but we wouldn't be surprised if the cocktails menu took inspiration from Og's Cantina, the Star Wars Galaxy Edge Bar at both Disney and Walt Disney World. 
Uh, that means hopefully spiked blue milk and a list of cocktails with wildly Star Wars names. As for the design of the bar, Disney looked at a surprising source of inspiration. You would think they would take the Cantina bar from Episode Four, right? Uh, but they didn't. This is even Canto better. Bite. Not even Canto Bite. Even uh, better. All right. Here we go. Quote. We looked at kind of sophisticated side of Star Wars. Walt Disney Imagineering Senior Creator Director Danny Handke explained during a press event, we wanted to try something a little bit different that, than what we have in our theme parks. And we really inspired by, if you're familiar with the film Solo, a Star Wars story, we're inspired by Dryden Voss's yacht. And that's why we thought a little yacht ship, that's kind of the party cruise around the galaxy where you're jumping to different locations. So the bar is the bar from Dryden Voss's yacht, the luxurious high-scale high-end bar. Um, the bar features a porthole window to space. Oh, yeah? Oh, sorry. Those no, no, not glory hole. Porthole, <laughs> I was like, I was like, I'm swimming, where's, where's that? I'm swimming to her right now. Uh, you're Cuban, anyway. Featuring, <laughs> <laughs> featuring new animated uh, animation created by Industrial Light and Magic. With that screen, guests at the bar will watch the ship they're on jump around to different planets from the Star Wars fans. So, pretty badass, huh? That sounds pretty amazing. And I, I also uh, heard something else that that new lightsaber that they had. Uh, Tease that is going to be part of the uh, the new Star Wars hotel, and my guess is probably going to be part of the ship as well. So, um, and they finally showed a clip of it igniting, and it does just like you know build ignite like a lightsaber where there's no blade inside the hilt, but the um, you know the light comes out and actually you know is and that's not solid obviously, but it is a a projection light that comes out which is different than any any other lightsaber they've shown in the past before okay i wanted to talk to you about this okay because this is this is something i was in touch on next i'm kind of glad you went there you stole the thunder but you, you did it eloquently okay and maybe we're on the same wavelength here and that's why you were able to finish what i wanted to start but here let's go with this i bring this to the attention of the six fans and to you one week during the podcast. And we all gush, gush, gushed about the news saying our kids are not going to college because we're buying all the lightsabers. Then the following week, the report comes out saying you can't battle with it. It won't clank around. And you and Derek from Midnight Hustle and myself yep. shitted on the fucking product saying it was more saber, more light than saber. Uh-huh. And it wasn't worth the effort. Then today, we saw the visual video. <laughs> Pop. And I just want to say, I am back on team. You're not going to school, kids, because I'm buying all the lightsabers. <laughs> it looked fantastic. Yeah, it looks pretty amazing. I, I, I'm not too sure what you're going to be able to do with it. Maybe, I don't know, find your keys underneath the fucking seat in the car. But uh, I'm in because it looks pretty fucking dope. You just sit there for hours going. Yeah. Exactly. That's what I do anyway with my normal penis, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, but after five seconds, it can keep going. It still ignites. Yeah, it true. gets up. Big, small, big, small. Like my, it's not big. my wife, mommy, look at my pee-pee. It gets big, it gets small. It gets big, it's small. <laughs> uh, 
I got some good news for you, Doc. You know who Billy Lord is? I do know who Billy Lord is. She is uh, the daughter of a one Carrie Fisher. Do you want to take the reins on the story? Go ahead. Billy uh, posted a photo to her Instagram with her newborn son who was dressed as her, her mother, as his grandmother, and wearing an uh, episode four onesie with a little uh, crochet-knitted uh, bun hair hat, um, looking at a photo of his grandmother in the Star Wars trilogy. So it was a little nod from uh, you know daughter to mother on May the 4th, which was, I thought was very, very touching and very beautiful. I thought it was awesome. I thought it was very well done. Uh, touch of class. First class all the way. And I thought it was very sweet. I thought it was a good story to share with the ungrateful fans. So Exactly. Well, and, and I also have a, a very special May the Fourth story today. Oh, let me uh, hear as it. My daughter, as my daughter, whose middle name is Leia, uh, fell off the ottoman today while she was brushing her teeth on the fucking Disney Hotel and smashed her face against the couch. Split her eye open, which is fantastic. That mommy and daddy had to come to the rescue because we got our shit in. Um, luckily enough, I you know I pack a bag full of uh, emergency stuff, glued that kid's head up, put some you know super powerful band aids on that bad boy, and then we were off to Disney. So every time I look at her face now for the rest of her life, I'll see the May the Fourth scar on her face, like Anakin. She's scarred up, like Anakin, or like uh, Harry Potter. Let's go with Anakin. Okay, I'm with that again. That's that sounds good to me. He killed younglings. Harry Potter True. was a youngling. True. Though there was a video recently that linked Harry Potter to Star Wars, that basically that J.K. Rowling's just completely stole the idea of Star Wars because it was like an orphan boy whose aunt and uncle didn't really want to deal with him, gets carted off by some shaggy wizard to go hang out with some a chick and a dude, and meanwhile he wants the chick, but the other guy, you know, gets it. Was a whole big uh, interesting. Oh wow. Thing. Yeah, wow. it was a big interesting, uh, you know, play to uh, to um, what uh, what what she's told from Star Wars. Interesting. We got to touch base on that on a future episode. Try to find yeah. that article and then send it to I, the I chat. Will. I'll take a look. I'll take a look. All right. Considering that it's May the fourth, uh, Disney Plus did a, a little something something to celebrate. Number one, the Bad Batch dropped. We're not going to go. <laughs> yeah, into they, it. they charged me twelve ninety nine this month. That's what they did celebrate. We're not going to go into the Bad Batch because we're doing a review show this Friday and it's going to be called Doc, you want to hit him with the name? Uh, 99 Problems with a Batch A1. That will be the review show for the Bad Batch series. So we're going to go, hopefully Spiro will be able to join us on Friday. Maybe uh, Hakeem Zane as well. We'll see. But we're going to talk about it then. We're not talking about it now. But I'll tell you exactly what Disney Plus did in honor of May the 4th. They dropped the Bad Batch. They dropped a short with the Simpsons, which was called Maggie Simpson in The Force Awakens from its nap. Little three-minute short. Uh, there's more that I think I might drop tomorrow, but that was what dropped today. Something called Star Wars Bios, which was a virtual vacation to some of the Star Wars film's most iconic locations like Hoth, Tatooine, Mustafar, uh, Sorgon, and then they did something called Star Wars Vehicle Fly Throughs, which is like five minute clips, four minute clips of a fly through through the Millennium Falcon and through a Star Destroyer. And it looks like it was, you know, like if it was on a droid. I mean, I'm sorry, like on a drone. Same thing with the uh, vacation spot, the uh, the biomes. Yep, I watched them, and I don't want to be a hater, but it sucked. Not because it was bad, 
But this is something you could have dropped any given time and I would have been excited. But on May the 4th, this is what you're going to give us? That's it? A three-minute cartoon and two five-minute clips and a 15- or 18-minute clip of uh, locations? Like, yeah, it was very whack. Very weak, in my opinion. Nothing against Disney, nothing against Lucasfilm. But, like, this is this is the big day, and this is what you present us. It's like, you know, it wasn't it wasn't fulfilling by any means of the imagination. This is stuff they should just drop sporadically on Disney Plus to excite the fans, and people will be surprised. You don't drop stuff like this on May the fourth. On May the fourth, you drop the goodness. Now, I'm not talking about the bad bunch. Again, I haven't seen it. I'm watching it after the show, and we'll talk about it on Friday. But I mean, Doc, did you even watch these? Did you get a chance or not? Uh, I have not yet. No, I actually started watching some of the Marvel stuff they did about the character stuff, mm-hmm. like they had Vision and Scarlet Witch and shit like that, which is kind of similar to this. But uh, I didn't see it pop up on my Disney Plus, and uh, honestly, this week I probably wouldn't have watched it at all because I was a little bit busy, and this doesn't seem so crazily appealing. You're okay. Well, you're. What is appealing is the, the new goodies that are going on in uh, Galaxy's Edge. Oh, uh, let me talk about this for a second. Hold on. Okay, so. Tomorrow, I will be going back to Galaxy's Edge. I'm going to try to sneak my ass uh, back on the queue for a, to, to make another lightsaber because um, I want to take my son Grayson in there and take a look. So we'll see what happens. Uh, so rumor has it that if you get there super early and head over to the, the Savvy's workshop, you could uh, put your name down. If your name gets down, they usually call you in, which they have like kind of a backup line, which is awesome. Um, but today, apparently... Uh, new limited edition Luke and Leia Skywalker legacy lightsaber hilts were revealed. Um, so now this is probably in both Galaxy's Edge in uh, LA and in uh, Orlando. And there's a so it's basically this new, in the den of in stock at his den of antiquities, Doc Under, which is basically connected to Savvy's workshop. You walk like a hop, skip and a jump from there, and then you can pick up these uh, the set that has basically. Luke's reforged lightsaber, which was the you know the Ray model, Ray, um, which they've had already there. Um, that's been uh, there since at least last year when the movie came out. Um, and then they're also repacking, packing it with uh, Leia's saber that we briefly saw in the Rise of Skywalker during that training scene, and also in the portion where she passes it off to uh, you know to to Ben, and they both you know defeat the uh the uh lord sidious emperor palpatine with it at the end of the movie so apparently it's limited in addition to a size of three thousand, which is not a ton uh only only which of 800 are available at hollywood studios the question is is it four and four on both sides i'm not so sure what do you mean four and four out. like is it 400 in california and 400 in orlando or is it 800 only in uh in one one section, which doesn't make any sense. They would have to celebrate May the 4th in both. So my guess, it's probably going to be 400 or 400, or maybe 800 or 800. I don't fucking know. Who knows? Where the rest of them are going to sell them, I have no idea. You think um, it's going to sell for $800? No, no, no. I don't think so. Um, the It's it, it's probably going to be 400 somewhere around there, maybe a little less, maybe like 350 somewhere you, around there. The, you, the said, oh, I don't know. We'll talk tomorrow, but it comes with uh, both hilts. Uh, it's wrapped in an orange cloth, like Ray did when she buried them. Right. Um, protected with the phone packaging. On the inside is a plaque, information about the numbered sets. So, 
Um, my guest's probably gonna, you know, uh, retail for three, three fifty, maybe around there. Um, and if you look at the, you know, the article from wdwnt.com, um, you could actually see a photo of it there. So, um, looks nice. Oh, three seventy-five. That's how much it's gonna cost. So I was, I was correct. I was gonna be right around there. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Um, I will stop by tomorrow to see if they're available. My guess uh, is that I will likely pick them up um, and have them shipped to my house because the shipping is fairly cheap. And uh, maybe flip them anything. We'll see what happens. How many? If it's that limited, if it's, I just want them. If it's that limited, then uh, they're likely going to uh, to explode. Well, I oh, the box plays music when you open it up. Apparently, holy crap! I definitely would like one. But I don't, well, I don't know if I'm it. there, you know, got three seventy five. Come on, you know, what do you want me to do? Buy, buy an early Father's Day present? No, no, I wouldn't expect you to buy pay for that, dude. I would have to pay back, but I mean, I accept blowjob as a. It's okay. I like shrimp. Three hundred, three hundred seventy five blowjobs later. <laughs> oh, it was a dollar blow job. <laughs> you look at look at giving you that rate. <laughs> I guess I'm paying for per, per inch, anyhow. Um, so besides the the Star Wars um, lightsabers that are coming out the hilts, um, over at the creature stall in the market, um, catch catch loth cats and lava meerkats for a new stuffed pet. Head on over to the nearby Todorian Toy Makers to snag a snuggly plush version of Doc Ondar, Darth Maul, and Jar Jar Binks. Also incoming are Star Wars Lounge Fly Backpacks, a remote-controlled Dio droid, and Mandalorian Mythoscore Skull Collectible. All available at the Disney Parks. So I'm spending a lot of money. Oh, I, oh dude, you, you knew that going there, dude. It's gonna be but it's gonna be better. So they, they just keep like dropping more and more fucking things. So like and I'm trying to hold my kids back from buying crap at Disney. So when I think with stars, I'm like, yeah, guys, get whatever you want to get. So <laughs> I promise I'll have a lightsaber tomorrow. Me. Exactly. My big guy wants me to build him his lightsaber when I get over there. I said, Yeah, sure, no problem. The little guy wants a lightsaber as well. So it's gonna be pretty expensive. Speaking of expensive. Did you see as well on May the 4th that uh, Hot Toys dropped uh, a new reveal that they're going to be putting out? So they're doing apparently the Bad Batch characters, which you can kind of see coming. Um, they, they showed photos of Echo today um, and one other one. I can't, can't remember who it was, but uh, they look fantastic. Not going to get them because they don't fall into my uh, my Jedi or Sith um, or Mando uh rule because they're troopers so i'm gonna leave where they're at but one thing that does fall the mando rule what i'm not gonna get though is the mandalorian and he comes with his little blurg not so little blurg because he's pretty fucking massive so they made a 112 a one six scale blurg which is insanity because it's going to be tremendous with the mandalorian from that season one episode when he uh, you know came the blurg with uh quill and uh found baby yoda so that's the, the new deluxe box set that I am not going to touch with a 10 foot pole. I already got two Mandos. I ain't got room for that shit. No thanks. Okay, well, look, this is what Hasbro announced. And they announced two Star Wars Fallen Jedi characters Knight Brother, 
and a flame stormtrooper. My brother, does he have an afro? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, Sideshow uh, premiered um, an Ahsoka premium figure. Yep. And a retro collection prototype Boba Fett. Yep. Pre-orders launch tomorrow for the retro collection Boba Fett. Target exclusive, exclusive to Target. Yeah, which is the rainbow colored figures yeah. that you always talk about. But yeah. I got a I got an email from um from Sideshow today, and they had a plethora of things that dropped. And I wanted to run down the list real quick. So let me open up that email that I saved. And I saw it. The first person I thought about was you, Doc. Thanks. He's buying this, he's buying that, he's buying this. So, this is what I have. There's a new Grogu coming out. It's a child life-size figure. Uh, the Ahsoka Tano Premium for Format figure. Which, which looks like it's a, it's a Clone Wars kind of era Ahsoka, like from the cartoon, right? Yes, correct. But she comes with the white sabers. Looks fucking dope. I'm, I'm going to see how much it costs right now, and I'll let you know, Doc. Five eighty five. Yes, it's gonna be from wow. Five eighty five. That's all because it's premium format. That's why it's a statue. It's not a figure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Grogu Sith scale figure set by Hot Toys, where he's sitting inside the little uh, carriage. Um, Echo six scale figure by Hot Toys, like you said, the Blurg with uh, the Mandalorian. Uh, the Blurg itself, you could just buy the six, and they're both from Hot Toys. Stormtrooper Commando six scale figure by Hot Toys. General Grievous one tenth scale statue by Iron Studios, um, Endor Chase fine art print by Jerry Vandersteit. Do or do not, there is no try fine art print by Thomas Kincaid Studios, which shows uh, Dagobah and Luke and Yoda lifting the fucking X-wing, which looks dope. Um, our boy Arigal Robot, uh, Hollow Chest Deluxe Deluxe Signature Edition. Prop replica. You get the tables and all the animals from the oh. hollow chest. Uh, Anakin Skywalker one ounce silver coin by New Zealand Mint. Uh, best card ingot credit card wallet card holder by Royal Selagner. Grogu limited edition figurine. Another Grogu figurine. Mandalorian limited edition figurine. Um, a Mandalorian. Another one. And that's it. All that stuff dropped today from Sideshow. We sound like an Man, infomercial today. Mando and the Blurg is five fifty-five together. Jeez, how much is just the Blurg by itself? Uh, I don't know if it's the Blurg by itself. I would imagine it's probably like three hundred bucks. Uh, let's see, just now it's Blurg. Here we go. Blurg is three fifteen. Pretty close. You didn't go over. You were good. And the price is wrong, bitch. <laughs> this is wrong, bitch. I can't believe you're a professional golfer. I think you should be working at the snack bar. You better relax, Bob. There is no way that you could have been as bad at hockey as you are at golf. All right, let's go. Oh! You like that, old man? You want a piece of me? I don't want a piece of you. I want the whole thing. Oh! Now you're gonna get it, Bobby. 
Price is wrong, bitch. Gina Carano, our homegirl, responds on Twitter regarding May the 4th. In a Twitter video, Gina Carano wishes her fans a happy May 4th. Says, may the 4th be with you. And then shows signed photographs and merchandise spread all over a table. Not her being spread all over a table. The pictures. Oh, jeez. She expresses an appreciation for the fans who built the website, GinoCarano.net, which is a fan-run site, which she says is entirely fan-run. Excuse me. The people behind the website supported her during 2020 when she was going through a difficult time. Now she wants to show her appreciation for the people behind the website by signing the shown photographs and merchandise, building the items up and sending them to the fan site, uh, sending the fan site the package for them to give away on their website. You can see the video with the items she's sending below at giantfreakingrobot.com. Listen, um, Gina, they're not the only ones who supported you. The NFO supported you. We want you to come on for an interview so we can talk shop. You don't have to sign photos. You don't have to, you know, do anything you don't want to. All you want to do is come on. So all you people out there, all six of you, hit her up and tell her that we showed her support and that she needs to get her ass on this show ASAP so she can be the coolest kid in school. And we can make Doc happy, too. Oh, God in heaven, please. Would you be able to compose yourself and control yourself, Doc? If she comes on, I'm going to come on. <laughs> Ooh, that was a good one, Doc. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Uh, by the way, Doc, um, speaking about Star Wars that we are talking about, uh, we went through games. We talked about Luke. We talked about Kenobi. Uh, did you realize that no matter how big Star Wars continues to get, George Lucas thought it was going to be a failure? Well, he puts out the space movie, you know, that is a little odd, uh, some kind of weird dialogue, and it's uh, a bit strange. Uh but he put his heart and soul into it. And I think, you know, most people thought it was going to fail. And he did too. Um, though Steven Spielberg, apparently, they were boys back then, knew it was going to be an absolute fucking monster success to his credit. So that guy has got, has got an eye for talent. But uh, you, George, you're George, good. George, you, 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 you're good. You got a talent. Yeah. It's nothing like wasted talent. Um, but um, George had no idea that it was going to be a success. And he really was kind of like, squirreled himself away until you know, people called him and was like, uh, guess what? The movie's fucking blowing up. I think it made what 1.5 million or something like that, that first initial go around, which is kind of crazy for a movie that was uh, you know, at that time and uh of that budget. But then it well, went on made like I don't know, seven hundred zillion billion quadrillion fucking dollars. Yeah. What happened was he thought it was gonna be a failure until he got a call. You're right. The first weekend, it made one. It made 1.5 million in theaters. It was released May 25th, 1977, a number that was unheard of at that time. The film went on to make more than 775 million worldwide. Now, 775 million in 1977 uh, money is probably close to three billion dollars today. Yeah, likely. That's more. Than The Force Awakens. That's more than Endgame. That's more than Titanic and uh, the blue movie. What's that called? By uh, Avatar. Avatar, yeah. 
Perhaps no one was more stunned by the film's success than George Lucas himself. During a 2015 Tribeca Film Festival panel hosted by Stephen Colbert, Lucas recalled that no one thought the movie was going to be a hit. Not himself, not 20th Century Fox, not even his closest friends. George Lucas said, and I quote, I didn't think the film was going to be successful. Colbert didn't accept that. You must have thought a certain point. At what point did you say to yourself, I really got something here? Lucas immediately responded, no. I showed it to all my friends early on, but it was mostly filled with stock footage and old war movies and all kinds of stuff, he said. They saw it and said, poor George, what were you <laughs> thinking? <laughs> According to Lucas, the only one who said Star Wars was going to be a hit was his close friend Steven Spielberg. Steven jumped up and said, this is going to be the biggest movie of all time. Everybody in the room looked up at Steven and said, poor Steven. Lucas said his filmmaker friends helped him fix up Star Wars, even though they didn't have any faith in it. They weren't the only ones. The studio, the board at Fox, didn't have any faith in it, even when he showed it at American Graffiti Screening, and everyone loved it. When Star Wars was re, uh, preparing to debut on May 77, Lucas prepped to head to Hawaii. Lucas explained that just what he does when his films are coming out in theaters, I don't read the reviews. I just go lay on the beach. Steven Spielberg was there. Before he was able to leave, Lucas said he received a call from Alan Ladd Jr. Not Ernie Ladd, Alan Ladd. Not the cat. The not the cat. Not the big cat. The president then president of 20th Century Fox, who was one of the few believers in the film. Lad, oh, he's a fine lad, who Lucas referred to as Laddie, told him, it's a fantastic hit. Every single paper, there are lines around the blocks. You can't believe this. Lucas couldn't. Laddie, calm down, said Lucas. It's a science fiction film. Science fiction films get a good old group of sci-fi fans. They'll go to anything the first week. Wait a couple weeks, and you'll see what it's really going to do. For Lucas, it sounded a bit frustrating. Originally, nobody liked it at the studio. It hadn't been shown to the real audience, he explained to Colbert. And then they called and said, oh, it's a big hit. I said, well, look, let's not get too excited here. What finally convinced Lucas, Star Wars was a phenomenon, a phone call while he was vacationing in Hawaii, I got a call from Laddie after the first weekend. It was really like in the middle of the week, said Lucas. He called and said, George, turn on the news. I said, what? He said, turn on CBS, turn on the news. Walter Cronkite, you got to see it. So I said, what is it now? I turned on the news, and they had this huge story on the sensation of Star Wars and the lines around the block. Everyone was going berserker about it, said Lucas. That was the first time I understood it was a big hit. The six original films in Star Wars franchise directed by Lucas, have made over $4.3 combined worldwide, according to the figures from Box Office Mojo. So it's pretty funny, man. Yeah. You, ne you know, you never know what's going to happen unless you try. Yeah, of course. That's uh, the guy who, you know, invented a, a universe that is so impactful to the, to the world at large, thought it was going to be shit. So I think most people probably think that as well, so... Well, look, Star Wars is phenomenal. Uh, its sequel, Empire Strikes Back, breaks the golden rule, where they say the sequel can't be better than the original. 
Yeah. Um, few few movies like that. Few movies like that. But but uh, very far and few between. But the original Symphonic Suite LP is being re-released this summer. Varese Sarabande is taking a more musical approach. The record company will be releasing John Williams' Symphonic Suite for The Empire Strikes Back as an LP this summer. So get your record player ready, Doc. Bring out your turntable, motherfucker. Yeah, that's right. Now, on top of that, Empire Strikes Back, we were talking about this last week. About the auction from David Prowse. Yep. A, re a rehearsal script. Did you buy it, Doc? Oh, no, I did not, unfortunately. A, rehears a rehearsal script for the classic film Empire Strikes Back has sold for 23,000 pounds at auction. So that's about 30 grand US, I'm taking. 30, 31 grand. The mm. script for the 1980 Star Wars film was part of a collection of memorabilia belonging to the Darth Vader actor David Prowse. Part of the proceeds of the auction, which raised them more than 400,000 pounds, will go to Alzheimer's research. Prowse died in November after a short illness and has been living with Alzheimer's for about 10 years. So good. They raised money what? for a good cause. What happened? Sorry, that was an Alzheimer's joke. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> I, saw, I, saw, I saw online somebody said, when I grow up and get Alzheimer's, I'm going to put a costume of a Batman costume in my closet. So every morning when I wake up, I think I'm Batman. <laughs> pop. Yeah, that's what I did. I pop. Uh, Mace Windu, a.k.a. Samuel L. Jackson, went on Twitter to wish everyone a happy May the 4th and says, bring back Mace Windu already. And everyone started going crazy. May the same, 4th be with you, motherfuckers. Same shenanigans. But listen, man. Well, it's, it's from it's from him himself at this point. So you know, listen, he, he, and that's not a guy who's probably starving for money. You know, he's probably got dough. So uh, I can't imagine that he's begging for roles. But um, I'm sure he'd want to get right back in the mix. And like we said, we we got the perfect way to get him back in there. Yeah, man. And you know what's funny? Now Marvel's retconning, course correcting, if you will, the sequel trilogy. Did you read this article? Uh, briefly, but I don't remember it. All right. Well, this is a really good article. I'm going to read okay. it. It's a little long in the tooth, but it's worth it. So here we go. That's what she said. Marvel is trying to fix the rise of Skywalker, and it's going wrong. That's the headline. And it's written by Screen Rant uh, by Thomas Bacon. I, Kevin Bacon's no brother. I was just about to say that, you motherfucker. All right. Lucasfilm is trying, is attempting to fix Star Wars. The Rise of Skywalker, but the current Darth Vader story from the Marvel Comics is damaging canon. Marvel Comics is attempting to fix Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, and it isn't going well. The latest Star Wars film was hardly Lucasfilm's greatest success. Although it broke a billion dollars in global box office, the final chapter in the Skywalker saga was hardly well received. As a result of this poor reception, Lucasfilm has been using tie-ins to try to flesh out, not flesh light, Doc, some of the no, stories shit. more... <laughs> Some of the stories, more controversial details. All this adds up to a surprising number of times to Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, but they're only making the problem worse. Marvel's current Darth Vader run by writer Greg Pak and artist Raphael Ienko has been, has been an attempt to explain how the secret Sith planet of Exegol fits into the wider canon. It is set shortly after the event of Empire Strikes Back, 
with the wrathful Darth Vader seeking revenge upon Palpatine after he was humiliated for his failure to turn his son to the dark side. The Sith apprentice retrieved a Sith Wayfinder and used it to make his way to Exegol. There he discovered the true power of the Emperor as he beheld the fleet of Xysten-class Star Destroyers in production there and was overcome by the power of the kyber crystals the Emperor were using to power the cannons of their planet-smashing super weapons. Marvel is making a valiant attempt to reconcile the sequel trilogy's biggest revelations with the original trilogy. Unfortunately, it is not going well. Not least because it doesn't make sense for Darth Vader to know so much about the Emperor's plans. It's hard to see why Anakin Skywalker's Force Ghost didn't simply let his son Luke Skywalker know about Exegol shortly after Return of the Jedi. He certainly has been able to... He certainly have been able to send Luke to Mustafar to pick up his own Wayfinder, meaning Luke would never have needed to chase down Ochi of Bestoon. Rather than make more sense of the sequel trilogy's relationship with Star Wars lore, the current story has simply caused more problems. It doesn't help that the current Marvel story doesn't even fit fit terribly well with the rest of the Star Wars canon. The Sith Eternal are even more confusing and inexplicable. Ray Carson's novelization reinterpreted the Sith rule of two, hinting the Sith Eternal were something of a lesser caste ruled by the Sith Lords. But Pax Darth Vader's run takes a different view of things. The Xysten-class Star Destroyers have been retconned to use kyber crystals, implicitly contradicting the Star Wars Rise of Skywalker visual dictionary. A single panel showed Mas Amida a member of Palpatine's inner circle knew about Exegol, creating a new plot hole because Masamita believed the Empire defeated and destroyed after the Emperor's death, according to Chuck Wending's Aftermath trilogy. As spectacular as the current Darth Vader story may be, nothing about this makes sense. When Disney acquired Lucasfilm back in 2012, they erased the old EU and promised a new approach to canon in which everything mattered, whether it be a film a novel, TV series, a comic book. But the end of the sequel trilogy and Lucasfilm's attempt to solidify its relationship with canon are having a detrimental effect. Star Wars is coming to the point where, once again, fans are going to have to play one story against another to pick and choose which source they they believe. Only time will tell whether Lucasfilm and Marvel's attempts to fix Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker and Star Wars canon in general can hold up against the strain. It's a lot I just read. But it's a good fucking article by Screen Rant. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, well, um, it's we we knew they fucked up. Uh, and you know you done fucked up, right? You know you done fucked up, and you know they're like they're trying to get in there to figure out how they could kind of tease this up and 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 twist it up and and do things that'll change it and make it feel better. But uh, I don't know if they're going to be so successful. Well, look, one thing for a fact we know. Is that when Snoke first came about, he stated he saw the rise and fall of the Empire. Then everyone thought he was an old uh, Sith being lurking in the shadows because he saw everything according to what he said in the movies. 
Then we come to find out that he was a catastrophe. What was it? A, a, a Stratican? A Stratocast or whatever. Stratocast. Uh, which was a, AKA a clone. Pain in the ass? Yeah, pain in the ass. A fucking a loophole, a plot hole. Uh, he was a Stratocast clone, which isn't exactly a clone, but more of a host. And that Palpatine was controlling him, even though the clone had his own free will. And Palpatine was the puppet master on Exegol. Now, now Marvel's showing in the upcoming or the most recent Darth Vader comics, they were cloning Snoke from a severed hand. We spoke about it last show. Uh, many are speculating that it's Luke's hand or it's Anakin's hand. I think it's more Luke's because of the time. Yeah. I mean, the Annex's hands by that time, even if it, it was kept be. in water, wouldn't yeah. be around. I don't know. Dead and over. What? That would be dead and over, that fucking hand, at that point. And speaking of over. Um, oh. Right? Um, so what does this mean? Does this mean that Snoke was really a genetic experimental clone of Luke. If that's the case, uh, or all, all and all the clones are a mixture of Palpatine's DNA and Luke's DNA, does that mean that the son or the father of Ray, Ray, really has Skywalker DNA in him, which makes Ray a Skywalker? Mm, no, that's a red, red, red con. Is that and exactly now? Is that a retcon because people were pissed that she wasn't Luke's daughter and that she just took the name and it ended up becoming the Palpatine uh, nine parter saga? I mean, who knows? But the fact that all this is transpiring in comics and in books, uh, well, it just this is where. Yeah, yeah. This is where everything gets dropped by the wayside and makes no sense to me. Um, fact is, is if they if this is explained in the four hour alleged four hour cut, the JJ cut of episode nine. All right, cool. If it's not, and they're just making shit up on the fly to try to correct uh, their mishaps of the sequel trilogy, which would very well be the case. Um, I'm not saying that is the case because we don't have any facts. Um, all we know is that Marvel's trying to make soup salad out of chicken shit. Mm-hmm. So, as usual. Yeah, as usual, but that shouldn't be the case. And, you know, as much as we liked first time around seeing um, The Rise of Skywalker, the longer it goes, uh, again, it does have its good points, it has its bad points, but. In my opinion, it was weak as a finale for the saga. Agreed. Um, But here we are. Here we're sitting here dealing with this right now and and still dealing with these movies. Um, Like them or not, love them or not. Which kind of leads me to a a list that we got popped up that I thought was very, very interesting. Are we going into, uh, you made the list? You just made the list. You just made the list. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, we do a show. We take lists that are thrown via the internet 
at us and we dissect them, we analyze them, we evaluate them. And we see why they made the list. So let's go, Doc. What list do you want to talk about? What list would I like to talk about? Well, there's a little list that popped up the other day about uh, all the Star Wars movies ranked in order of uh, from last worst to best. And this is by Entertainment Weekly, which is not uh, a source that uh, is a terrible source. It's actually a pretty good source because it's uh, one of the bigger articles, one of the bigger uh, news outlets. All right, so honorable mention, unranked, Star Wars Holiday Special, Caravan of Courage, and Ewok Adventure, and Ewok's Battle of Endor. They threw them in there, talked about it for a minute, but no one's getting them. All right, so number 13, so the worst Star Wars movie of all time. Uh, episode 9, The Rise of Skywalker. Wow. Um, they beat the piss out of it. I'm just going to give you the uh, the sound bites. The goods, Lando, Wedge, Anthony Daniels getting an actual role again. The bad, the return of Kylo's stupid helmet. The dead speak, Chewie's death takeout. 3PO recovering his memory. Ray Palpatine, the dagger, the wayfinder, the list goes on and on. Number 12, episode one, The Phantom Menace. Again, I'll give you the good, the bad, the good. John Williams, Duel of the Fates. One of the best pieces of music film ever. Uh, and also entrance music ever. Um, Darth Maul, Ray Park, a sort of fun, though it's mainly because of his lightsaber. The bad, structuring the whole movie around an endless detour to Tatooine is almost as bad as structuring a whole movie around a pointless detour to Coruscant senatorial politics. All digital effects age poorly, but Phantom Menace's biggest set pieces are especially DOA today. Um, and then poor Jake Lloyd can't make Annie happen. No one can make Annie happen. Number 12, Solo. Star Whoa! Wars. No, no way! To the third worst Star Wars movie of all time. <laughs> okay, it basically says, impossible to watch this forgettable spinoff. Oh my god, that's terrible. Uh, good. Phoebe Waller's Bridges, Snarky L337, and Glover's Charming Land on Calrissian. Uh, the bad L3's uncomfortable ending and the misuse of some otherwise charming actors like Fandy Newton, Paul Bentley, and Woody Harrelson deserve better. I thought Woody did great in that movie. So did Paul Bentley. This is, this uh, is, this is horseshit, this list already. Yeah, Go on. Here we go. We'll get ready. It gets better. Number 10, Star Wars The Clone Wars what? 2008. It was good, uh, but it wasn't good. better than Solo. The good, Ahsoka, Captain Rex, The Bad, Stinky the Hut, and Stiff Animation. Number nine, a Rogue One, A Star Wars Story. What? All that number nine. And why? Let's see. Bad guy director Orson Krennic is the good, is the perfect middle management of evil, worried his boss will take all the credit for his Death Star. K2SO, one of the better droid personalities. The Bad, not enough time with Galen Urso, Mads Mikkelsen, or Saw Guerrera, nor enough time on the members of the Rebellion, ready to give up when faced with a Death Star. All right, eight, Star Wars Attack of the Clones, episode two, which is uh, weird that it kind of falls toward the middle of the list. Uh, the good, Yoda with the lightsaber, Doku mocking Obi-Wan, lovely day for a secret wedding, Boba Fett's Daniel Logan said farewell to his dad. The bad, finding out Anakin's mother had been freed from slavery to get married is supposed to be uplifting. Uh, Vader foreshadowing in Anakin's literal shadows, misdirections on when Anakin would start his journey into being a more machine than man. Sand. Uh, number seven, episode seven, The Force Awakens. Uh, so dead set in the middle of this list. The good first half hour, which briskly introduces Finn and Ray as the new series stars. Shockingly kills off I I Oscar Isaac's chipper Poe Dameron at the 25-minute mark. I don't know what that means. Uh, the shot of Ray sledding down the sand away from a crashed starter destroyer is one of the loveliest images in the whole saga. BB-8 is cute. 
The bad. Oh, never mind. Poe is still alive. Oh, I guess they uh, assumed that he was killed. Uh, fun for Isaac's charisma, worrisome for any hope of narrative consequences. It's a kick to see Harrison Ford back as Han Solo, but the character's prominence in the film pushed aside the younger characters. Well, uh, he was Star Wars, guys. Uh, the whole resistance force order dynamic never quite makes sense. It's obvious that Abrams and his collaborators just wanted to give the Rebellion and the Empire new names. Well, true. Number six, episode three, Revenge of the Sith. The good, Obi-Wan finally gets a good haircut. <laughs> The Mustafar lightsaber battle, Ian McDermott's opera scene performance. The bad, Darth Vader's no, Anakin's hair, Padme's death from, um, what did she die of? All right, number five, this is an odd one. Star Wars Clone Wars, 2003. So they basically took uh, Gendi Tartofsky's whole series and pretended it was a movie, uh, which is kind of cheating. The good, where to begin, Underwater Scuba Troopers, Mace Window versus Earthquake Tank. A Waxu inflicted lightsaber duel through the jungle. The moment when Master Yoda's force pulls a mountain. Blah, 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 blah. Here we go. The bad. But is this really a movie? No. Uh, the two volumes of Clone Wars run over a little over two hours in the collected edition. There's not necessarily a single full-fledged story per se. These tangential stories, but they're counting it as a movie. Stupid. Okay. Number four. Here we go to the nitty-gritty. We're breaking top five now. Uh, Star Wars Episode Six: Return of the Jedi. The good, both Skywalker twins look as hot as hell. Leia killing Jabba, Luke and Vader's final fight. The bad, a second Death Star. The special edition changes. Interesting. Number three, The Last Jedi, episode eight. Holy shit, Spiro, don't roll over your fucking grave, buddy. Uh, though it's its most controversial movie, it's also one of its best. Oof, ah, I'm going to read the whole thing about this one. The Force Awakens was the sequel trilogy's new hope. Setting the stage and introducing our new heroes and the villains, The Last Jedi's Empire Strikes Back. Boldly shattering audience expectations and delivering the franchise's biggest emotional gut punch since 1980. Director Ryan Johnson weaves a nimble tale of good and evil as Kylo, a tortured princeling and raid a nameless scavenger, struggle with the legacy of the past. Bold territory for a franchise that so often seems slavishly tied to its original trilogy. Last Jedi is also the best Mark Hamill has ever been as grouchy old man Luke grapples with his past triumphs and failures. Not everything here works. You're forgiven if you tune out during the Canto bite scenes. But always ambitious, thrilling, and hopeful. And isn't that what Star Wars is all about? The good, the throne room fight. Porgs, the gasp-inducing thrill of the Haldo maneuver. Really? Did I do that? Did we mention the throne room fight? The bad. Filmmakers couldn't have known that this would have been Carrie Fisher's last on-screen appearance. But it's still disappointing that they kept Leia unconscious for most of the movie. And again, the Canto Bite stuff could have been 50% shorter. Number two, Star Wars Episode Four: New Hope. The good. There's so much here to, to love. R2, Carrie Fisher's brave, I'll rescue my own damn self, Princess Harrison Ford's jawline. But let's give a special shout out to John Williams' score. The bad. More than four decades later, the lightsaber duels and effects can seem a little rough in places. And man, people in the movie sure bounce back quickly from tragedy. Whether it's Leia watching Alderaan explode, then immediately moving on, or Luke collapsing at the sight of Aunt Beru and Uncle Owen's charred bodies, and then never mentioning him again. And number one, that should be in every single list, The Empire Strikes Back. The good, every scene is classic scenery, locations eye-popping. Imperial March's apex sound and fury combination. Yoda is funny, which makes his life coaching uniquely quotable. Fisher saying, I'd rather kiss a Wookiee. Uh, is as awesome as Ford saying, I know, and Lando Calrissian is bleeding, 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 groovy to the practically 
restarts the movie. Also, always Boba Fett. The bad Luke Screechy, no, no. Accidentally funny and purposely embarrassing. That was that list. Long list, but uh, number three for fucking uh, the uh, Last Jedi. Wow. This this list sounds very snowflake SJWS. I'm I'm not agreeing with this list whatsoever, and I'm not chastising the person who wrote it. They're entitled to their own opinion, but honestly, no, I'm not agreeing with I that. I think it was written by one Rachel. Stop, it's joking. Yeah, right. <laughs> She's too busy uh, crying. That fucking put us over, bitch. Yeah. And speaking, no, sorry, keep going. And speaking of over, um, 10 things you didn't know about the background characters in the iconic Star Wars cantina scene. Uh, we all know the famous scene when he walks into uh, Mos Eisley, the spaceport. Um, yep. Is the first scene at time we get to see Eyes and Han Solo and Chewbacca. Uh, there are many interesting characters in the cantina scene. Uh, let's see what these 10 are. Uh, let's see. Wuhar, the bartender, doesn't want to deal with droids or blasters. Akmena, the bartender, does the night shift. That's a That's B, B author. Danik Jericho was also seeking out Solo for that day because he wanted to eat his brains. Remember that? That's the vampire guy who sucks that uh, stuff from the, uh, the yep. tube. Cornelius Evazan's bullying ways ends after meeting Luke. Dr. Evazan with the Panda Baba. That's You'll be time. dead. Yeah, I don't like you. He don't like you either. Uh, Garouf Lafoe seeing Jedi. Is he French? I guess so. L-A-F-O-E, Lafoe. Seeing a Jedi piqued his interest. This free trader who spent his day shipping ice from Adrena to Tatooine was standing at the bar when Obi-Wan took down uh, Dr. Evazan. Because he was the one who left the cantina to tell the sand trooper standing outside what he witnessed. Oh. Yeah, bitch. Fucking rat. Henry Hill, Jose Canseco, <laughs> motherfucker. Uh, Dibnoli <laughs> is mad at the Empire because it took his ship. Dibnoli. He's an Italian. That's why he's rat. Yeah. A smuggler and a bounty hunter who frequented the cantina, Dibnoli, held a grudge against the Galactic Empire for impounding his ship. Dan's Boren might be the best dressed pilot at the bar that day. That's the guy with the helmet. Mm-hmm. You look hard enough, you'll find this patron in the space helmet. It's not certain if he couldn't breathe in the Tatooine atmosphere or this was a style clash. What we do know is Dan's always bragged about being a top flight pilot. Um, Carolyn Doolin and Shada Ducal have an interesting backstory. These are the two sisters, the two mercenaries. Oh, well, they weren't sisters, excuse me. Two um, mercenaries from Mistral. Shadow Guard ended up on Tatooine while on the run from the Empire after stealing a prototype of the Death Star Super Laser. They were in the cantina disguised as con artists, uh, the Tonika sisters, mm-hmm. with, with the hopes of finding a, fr- a freighter to help them transport the prototype laser. Jenny has a lot of eyes for pilots, known to hanging around the cantina with an eye for pilots. Uh, basically, she's a rat. Early test yep. footage from A New Hope shows her kissing Han Solo before Luke and Obi-Wan show up at his table. Jenny smooch with Han was cut, but the test footage has surfaced on the internet. Yeah, we talked about that on a prior show. So those are the 10 things you didn't know about the cantina. I'll give you another one. Here we go. Fuck the cantina. Uh, top 10 
video games from Star Wars ranked from uh, you know ten worst to the uh, to the best. Like uh, it's hard to say worst to so many. Anyway, number ten, Star Wars Rogue Leader, Rogue Squadron Two, uh, fast-paced dogfights put you in the cockpit of the most iconic battles. Number nine, Lego Star Wars Complete Saga, kid-friendly game, most expensive Star Wars games out there, spanning the first six episodes of the sprawling saga. Number eight, Star Wars The Old Republic. Oprah's dated MMORPG combat will turn some people off immediately, but it still offers unparalleled freedom to make your way to the galaxy of the Jedi, Imperial Officer, or anything in between. Uh, hold on, I don't want to learn more about this out here. Here we go, okay. Number seven, Star Wars TIE Fighter. Unlike the fast-paced Rogue Squadron, TIE Fighter leans into its complexity of piloting a spaceship, delivering a true space sim backed by a great Star Wars story. Number six, Republic Commando. SU's the force altogether, putting you in charge of a group of clone troopers for great boots on the ground shooter. No lightsabers there. Number five, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Fallen Order makes player feel like a force-wielding, lightsaber-swinging badass, but provides enough challenge that, to prove that the Jedi's talents are more important than raw power. Number four, Star Wars Squadrons. The spiritual sequel to Rogue Squadron also happens to be one of the best space combat games ever, whether you're playing a single-player campaign or competing with other pilots online. Number three, Star Wars Jedi Knight 2, Jedi Outcast. combination of deep lightsaber combat and powerful force ability to make it the best game to date at letting you actually feel like a Jedi. Number two, Star Wars Battlefront 2. Launched in rough shape, but years of updates have turned into a great multiplayer shooter, the best expression of a large-scale combat in any Star Wars game. As uh, seen by my son, who plays it all the time, though it's like about five years old. And number one, uh, Spiro, get ready for your, uh, you know, jerking in your tissue, buddy. Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. A goosh, 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 goosh. Come number on, one characters. guys. <laughs> and a dive into the history of the galaxy far, far away. KOTOR and its sequel boast some of the best stories ever in a Star Wars game, making them great for fans, new and old. That's it. All right. I'm not a gamer, but I know some of those games. Um, cool. Whatever. Um, Return of the Jedi. Something that you and I know a lot about. The five funniest and five saddest scenes. All right. So, all right. Here we go. Why did that pop up? Uh, let's see. Number 10. Yeah. Funniest. You're gonna die here, you know. When they're on the sail barge and and, and Luke goes to him, I was raised here. And Han goes with that smug look. You're gonna I die. I was raised here. here, you know. You're gonna die here. You know, that was I pop, pop every time he says it. The delivery was awesome. Saddest Jabba catches Leia saving Han. Uh funniest, the Emperor taunts Luke. Uh at the part where uh Ian McDermott's Deceptively camp portrayal of Emperor Papatine later fleshed out across the prequel journey he created as many hysterical moments as sinister ones in Return of the Jedi when Luke refuses to fight Vader in the Empire. Emperor's throne room, the Emperor mocks him with her hilariously snark tone. McDermott's funniest line delivery is when he tells Luke his friends are heading into a trap. Oh, I'm afraid that the Flector Shield will be quite operational when your friends arrive. <laughs> All right. I always thought that line was weird, but I'm like, oh, he's just being a jerk off. That's great. Yeah. 
<laughs> Seven, saddest. Han and Chewie's re reunion. This is where after he gets freed from the Carbonite. Uh, six, funniest. Uh, I don't know. Fly casual. In Han's interactions with Chewbacca, his reactions to Chewie's growls effectively translate them without overtly translating them. Like Rocket and Groot, Han says, keep your distance though, Chewie. But don't look like you're trying to keep your distance. Chewie's clearly confused by Han's vague con contradictory instructions as the audience. And based on his response, Han's himself. Han says, I don't know, fly casual. Uh, <laughs> fly casual. Number five, saddest, Yoda's death. Yeah, number agreed. four, funniest, Han steps on a twig when he's trying to sneak up on the scout troopers. Mm -hmm. Three, saddest, Vader's death. Two, funniest, Chewie falls from the Ewoks trap. <laughs> and one, saddest, Vader's funeral. I was like depressed. Were you depressed when he burned the body? Of course, it was terrible, man. Just got his dad back, and now he had to fucking burn his body. It was terrible. Yeah, I guess. All right, you want to do the next list? Is there a next list? I thought that was it. Mandalorian season three, everything we know about uh, the stuff. That's fucking garbage. I wouldn't go there. It, it told us everything we fucking knew already. Well, that's what it says. Everything we know about the Star Wars. Yeah, thanks. It was very helpful. We we watched it all. Thanks. So I guess it wasn't over with you. Called Baby Yoda. You guess what? I guess I guess it wasn't over with you. Then. Uh, speaking of over, ladies and gentlemen, we do a segment on the show called "Who Is More Over." Now, before you get your uh, panties in a bunch, allow me to explain to you what that statement means. Who is more over? We speak in wrestling lingo on the show. Over in wrestling means popular. And why do we speak in wrestling terminology? Because I'm a pro wrestler, multi-time champion. So when you're over as a professional wrestler, you're very popular with the crowd. You're a good guy wrestler. You're known as a baby face. The fans love you. They will pay a lot of scarole to come see you kick the crap out of the bad guy wrestler. If you're a bad guy wrestler, the villain, you're known as a heel. And when you're over as a heel, people pay a lot of scuttle to see you get your ass kicked. So what we do on the show, we do not put these two individuals or two things in a wrestling match. We compare them. Any aspect of Star Wars. It could be a person, a place, thing. Doesn't matter. Now, we reach out to you, the fans. We see what's more over. All six of you guys. And then more importantly, what's more over with us. So Doc, Smarten up these scruffy nerf herders and tell them what's on the marquee tonight. On the marquee tonight, we got a really, really special battle. Okay. It's really not who's more over tonight. It's who's more sexier. One corner from episode two. It's Padma Amidala in her ripped midriff costume, tidy whities we used to come here for school retreat. We would swim to that island every day. I love the water. We used to lie out on the sand and let the sun dry us and try to guess the names of the birds singing. I don't like sand. It's coarse and 
rough and irritating, and it gets everywhere. Not like here. Here everything is soft and smooth. shouldn't have done that. I'm sorry. Versus? Oh, it's going to get a little creepy up in here. Her mom, Princess Leia Organa, in her gold bikini. Leia's not her mom. Padme's her mom. Oh, her daughter, Princess Leia Organa, in her gold bikini. <laughs> We have powerful friends. You're going to regret this. Oh. Master. Whoa. no pace, Luke Skywalker, Jedi Knight. Find a new definition of pain and suffering. Oh my god, I can't decide. Brain melting. Anyway, may the fourth be with y'all. All right. On Facebook poll, it looks like uh, Princess Leia beats her mother. 66 to 33%. Let's move over to the instant jizzle. The shizzle, my nizzle. All right, what do you think, Pop? On the gram of Insta. Who is hotter? Padme, 70 to 30. Really? Padme 70 to 30. Oh shit. I think it may be a tie this week. 
Ooh, 66.6. So you got a 125% chance of losing to me at sacrifice this year. <laughs> Please put that in you right now. You add my 66.33% plus my 50%. <laughs> Scott Steiner math. You know, they say all men are created equal, but you look at me and you look at small Joe and you can see that statement is not true. See, normally if you go one-on-one -on -one with another wrestler, you got a 50-50 chance of winning. But I'm a genetic freak, and I'm not normal. So you got a 25% at best at beating me. And then you add Kurt Angle to the mix, your chances of winning drastically go down. See, the three-way at sacrifice, you got a 33 and a third chance of winning. But I, I got a 66 and two-thirds chance of winning because Kurt Angle knows he can't beat me, and he's not even going to try. So, small Joe, you take your 33 and a third chance minus my 25% chance, and you got an eight and a third chance of winning at sacrifice. But then you take my 75% chance of winning, if we used to go one-on-one, -on -one, and then add 66 and two-thirds percents, I got 141 and two-thirds chance of winning at sacrifice. See, Joe, the numbers don't lie, and they spell disaster for you at sacrifice. All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, you guys can send us an email regarding this segment or any segment on the show. And the email address is newforceorder at yahoo.com. Now, uh, Doc, uh, I'm not going to read the emails tonight. We're running a little long in the tooth. So uh, we'll touch base on it next week. Why don't you give us your – well, before we do that, let's do age before beauty. Spiro, let us know all the way from Mexico after you're done clapping those twilight cheeks. <laughs> who, who's more who's more over for you? Uh Padme in her torn white outfit or the, the slut sl uh, slut. <laughs> the the oh, hut slayer, the hut slayer, aka slave costume layer. You know, guys, this one really isn't as tough with me as I'm sure it is for many Star Wars fans, especially guys my age, guys who grew up in the OT, the original trilogy, you know. Slave Leia, you know, that that was every fucking fanboy's wet dream, wasn't it? You know? And don't act like I'm full of shit, like you don't know what I'm talking about. All right? Don't act like motherfuckers didn't get a Woody. Don't act like you didn't pause it frame by frame, see if you could catch something. You know? Nip slip or something, I don't know. But I gotta tell you guys... Padme is the one that really does it for me, you know. Padme is the one, you know. I, you know, I'd be her bodyguard, you know. I mean, I think I fit the bill, you know. Tortured soul from the dark side, you know. Uh, I do the job that Anakin couldn't and probably wouldn't. So Padme's more of a with me, guys. Very interesting. Spear always comes up with some knowledgeable explanations, so. You know, I wasn't uh, wasn't too surprised with his answer, Doc. You want to no, go first, not. or I? You want to go next, or I go next? Uh, I, I can't go first because you have to go first. All right, I'm gonna pick uh, uh, Slave Leia. And any particular reason? Because you know I'm gonna pick Batman. <laughs> yes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, exactly. No, um, honestly, I think Padme's better looking than Leia. Um, she's much more beautiful, uh, but Leia, like. By an eyelash, like Carrie Fisher. By a pussy hair. 
Porque. Uh, anyhow. <laughs> that, that just took me back uh, to a time where a buddy of mine went to some shot. shot. Anyway. Anyhow. Um, I'm not going to incriminate myself on the podcast. Um, <laughs> Don't worry. Nobody listens anyway. Yeah, right. So uh, I'm going to pick Slave Leia. Obviously because she was beautiful. But, you know, she lost a lot of weight. For that scene, she looked very awesome in the bikini, and it's one of my favorite cosplay costumes to see uh, on, on on well on the right person. Uh, yeah, true. Um, but as far as beauty goes, I do think uh, Padme was much prettier. So mm. not not moreover as far as the the outfit goes. Got it. Got it. Okay, I'm with you. Okay, so. Uh, is Carrie Fisher Jewish? Have, have we have we established that? I believe she is, right? Um, that, she's, that's no, case. no, no. I think she's Jewish. She's Jewish. Funny. She yeah. don't look Jewish. Anyway. <laughs> uh, uh, if that's the case, then it's going to be a really tough battle for me because you know I love my Jewish girls. Um, let's talk about the fact that you know you said a little while ago that that you know Carrie really got in good shape for that role. It's hard not to get in good shape when all you fucking put in your body is cocaine. So. You know, the 80s were a terrible time, and God rest her soul, Carrie Fisher, but we all know you weren't doing fucking squats and leg lifts, so we all know you were doing fucking uh, hey, bumps hey, hey, and, hey. and head lifts. Sorry. Listen, if it wasn't for cocaine, the 86 <laughs> Mets would have not won the World Series. <laughs> so do true. not talk about cocaine in a bad way. It was the MVP Wait. for the Mets in 86. We were saying Bill Buckner was on cocaine when he missed that ball. Probably. No, but the Mets were. But the Mets were every game. <laughs> the rest of the Mets were. That's they were partying. Sure. They were partying like the Horsemen, dude. Anyway. <laughs> no shit. Not the conspiracy Horsemen. Um, oh hell no. <laughs> so, though, you know, when when Leia showed up in that bikini, boy, Jabba knew how to fucking pick a man. Wow, uh, she was uh, killer. Still looks killer. Unfortunately, uh, she fell faster than uh, you know a fat guy at the fucking buffet because. Um, by the time we see her again in uh, when Harry met Sally, it's it's quite it's, it, she looks like Jabba, um, you know. For me, it's uh, it's it's staying power and Padme Amidala in that midriff, torn off for absolutely no apparent reason when she was fighting that fucking cat creature whose name I forgot by the way. I used to remember it, not anymore. Um, she Far does that field. little she does that little moan. She goes ah, and I'm like oh yeah, just keep going. I watched it the other day again. I'm like, oh, hold on, hold on. Let me just loop that back and forth for like three <laughs> minutes. That's all I need. Um, and she's got that sexy white outfit on for, again, no apparent reason. That's is that a fighting outfit? It's cool with me. Uh, for me, it's Padme all day. Sexier, much more sexier than me, for me, than Leia is at that point. Uh, to and, be honest. And, and she's held her own in the last 20 years. You're right about that. Um, but. For me, even though I did pick Leia, that isn't my favorite Leia outfit. So, oh, it is. My my favorite Leia outfit is uh, Episode Four, the white dress. Yeah, and I like her uh, in the Ewok dress. I thought she looked very beautiful in the Ewok dress. Mm. Very, very, very classy. As opposed to the slutty, you know what I mean, dude. dude when Harry met Sally, was literally let's see, it's eighty nine, which is 
six years after Return of the Jedi. Carrie Fisher is like nearly unrecognizable in that movie. Sarah, right, but she made a comeback. Still skinny, still somewhat skinny. But uh, the hairdo, oh, it's brutal. She got a little bit of dogs on. I'm not going to go into it. I'm, I'm not going to get canceled. Listen, no one listens, so we're good. <laughs> Rachel's not listening to me. She canceled. Even if she was, tough shit. Tell her yeah, to exactly. make a fucking sandwich. Exactly. Yeah, I'm so I'm the fourth. Make, make me four of them. That's true. I'm pissed with her anyway. Try to be nice. And where did that get us? Nowhere. Um, now it's time not to be nice. Be nice until it's time not to be nice. Corona. Good movie. Great line from Roadhouse. All right. Um, Luke Skywalker, the face that runs the place. He carries a Sith lightsaber crystal in The Last Jedi. Were you aware of this, Doc? Uh, I had no idea. I saw him with that thing around his neck that looked a little, looked a little odd, but apparently it's uh, some kind of Jedi relic that he's been traveling with. That's right. Uh, in between the original trilogy and the sequel trilogy, Luke was on a mission. On a mission. Dun, 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 dun. Anyway, uh, shot him with the shoddy and I jetted in the jet. Luke collects various Jedi artifacts. As he tries to recover whatever knowledge remains of the Jedi Order that he's trying to rebuild. He finds a compass and he finds the sacred texts. Uh, but the one that we are focusing on at this moment is a particular necklace with a piece of crystal on it. Of course, when it comes to crystals in this franchise, meaning Star Wars, the assumption tends to be that they are Kybal crystals, which are made from... Uh, which are made to create lightsabers. And in this instance, that is correct. However, this one is a red kyber crystal. That's right. It belonged to a Sith. As confirmed by Star Wars The Last Jedi, the Visual Dictionary, the entry specifies that the crystal's piece is a trophy made from a fragmented Sith lightsaber crystal. Some speculated that perhaps this is made from the crystal in Darth Vader's lightsaber. But this is not the case. The necklace as a whole is labeled as a recovered Jedi Crusader pendant. According to the lore, the Jedi Crusaders, at a time when the Sith are plentiful, wear these as trophies after they defeat their Sith opponents. Now, is it Vader's? Is it Revan's? Who knows? What do you think, Doc? Uh, who knows? Um, you know, this, this... What would you like it to be? Uh, not Revan's. Um... <laughs> Who? Who exactly? Uh, I would like it to be Darth Bane's. Uh, let's see. How about uh, Darth Nihilus? Darth Talon? Darth whatever? Darth. Uh, I'm in. I think it's a cool idea. The issue with it is that they probably just kind of had it as one of those little, you know, throw-in things that you know we don't have to explain this. We'll just let it sit and see what happens, and then maybe 15 years down the line when we're appreciating the sequel trilogy a little bit more, someone will write, write some kind of book on the 15th anniversary and be like, well, let's talk about where this crystal came from, which I think is cool. I mean, you know, back in the day when, when George did his, uh, his stuff, he, he threw all these people in there and then people made stories based on them. It seems now though that people are, you know, Disney's throwing things in there to have a story made of something like the lightsaber thing, gimmick with Maz Kanata. That's a story for another time. Um, as opposed to kind of rewinding things and, and seeing these characters and being like, okay, so there's some guy with a fucking fish mouth over there. I'm going to make a story about that dude. 
try to connect them to everything else, which I think is also pretty good. Both of them have their merits, but uh, it seems Disney may be trying a bit hard with all this stuff. Okay. Spiro, what do you think about the crystal that he's wearing as a necklace? What's your take on the matter? Do you think it's Revan's? Do you think it's another Sith from the past? Do you think it's Vader's? Let me hear what you think. Listen, I don't know what it's going to take for you guys to just say Revan is canon. Revan is the greatest thing in Star Wars since fucking lightsabers and shit, okay? Since cordless fucking lightsabers. Listen, man. I mean, when The Force Awakens, um, I'm sorry, when The Last Jedi came out, you know, that was one of the few things I felt that Ryan Johnson got right. And even back then, you motherfuckers would not give me my due, would not acknowledge Revan, would not acknowledge him as being canon. But come on, man, you know, I think that enough's enough. You know, this uh, Revan's not canon joke, I think, has run its course. I think it's time that you just accept it, man. You know, I mean, he's fucking coming, dude. Look at all this shit, you know? Look at all the merch, look at all the rumors of of his own series and video games and everything. I mean, you know, but yeah, man, Luke, Luke Skywalker, you know, while The Last Jedi Encyclopedia didn't mention him by name, they said that that crystal belonged to a, a Jedi Crusader. And who was, and, and when you look back, whether it's canon or not, I mean, I think it's canon now, but... When you look back, who was the Jedi Crusader that told the fucking Jedi Council to eat a bag of dicks? That he's not going to let the man, DeLoreans, conquer worlds and fucking kill people. Revan, that's who, you know? So, yeah, man, the crystal belonged to Revan. Revan is canon. And that's that, man, you know? I'm sure you guys will still find a way to to shit on me about Revan and whatever the fuck. <laughs> whatever. NFO for life. Not bad, Sparrow. Very interesting. I would like it to be Vader's. I think it'd be more poetic if he if he's wearing his father's Sith uh, necklace or uh, kyber crystal around his neck. Um, always letting him know that he's just one bad day away from becoming a Sith or going down the dark side. Um, it'd be cool if someone, they do a storyline where someone gets the, the saber, like Vader's saber, and then he bumps into Luke and Luke takes the saber back and keeps the crystal. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think that'd be uh, very poetic in my mm -hmm. opinion. But, but that, you would have to find that saber and then on the, on the Death Star after it exploded. So. Unless was, someone picked it up and took it. I'm stormtrooping right through and jumping Look, in the airlock. If Luke's hand can be used to make Snoke X oh. amount of years later. Let's not even talk about that. I think it's a nice idea. But yeah. that's me. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, there are a couple of articles popped up about Palpatine, Shivy Palps. One of them was Star Wars. Darth Vader was a disappointment to Palpatine as Maul and Dooku. And they go in depth how Darth Vader let the Death Star blow up and Palpatine got mad at him, and that's the first run of the Marvel comics. How he brought in the cyborgs to take him out, and how Darth Vader went behind his back and did shady biz to try to get even, and he robbed the Empire and all this other stuff, and then do and he knew about it. 
didn't say a word, meaning he, meaning uh, Chivi Pops. And he was happy that Vader did this. It shows that he is in tune with the dark side. Um, and then he gets mad at him for not being able to convey his son um, to join the dark side and turn his son. And that's why he kicks the shit out of him and leaves him for dead on Mustafar with the Ochi Bastoon. And then he ends up finding the way, finding going to Exegol, where he says, I am not your apprentice no more. And he challenges Palpatine. And Palpatine shows him this humongous uh, crystal, uh, kyber crystal that they're bleeding to power up these ships. And this thing is fucking humongous. And it's crying, making this noise, and it's burning holes and pushing people away. And you know, what's his name is not affected by it, Palpatine. And Vader realizes that he's not as equal like he thought and that Palpatine is very strong. And he decides to go and join Team Palpatine at the end of the thing and gets back into his master's good graces as his apprentice. So, disappointment? What do you think, Doc? Uh, it's interesting. I mean, is Vader really a disappointment? I mean, he's one of the most powerful Jedi that ever existed. Probably one of the most powerful Sith. I just think Palpatine just realizes that he just needs to get rid of motherfuckers as fast as possible before they learn more things than he needs them to learn. Because if they do, his head's on the chopping block. So he's got to do whatever he can, literally, to uh, get his apprentice that he probably needs for whatever, you know, Sith blah, blah, blah that's going on to not usurp him and not do what he did to Plagueis. Yeah, speaking of Plagueis, uh, we'll get into that in a second. But I think the issue also is that Palpatine was looking for someone stronger than him to replace him and continue the Sith legacy. Um, he realized that Maul was just a, an assassin. He realized Dooku was just a, mean, a means to the end to try to help sway Anakin to the dark side and be a pawn in his, you know, orchestrated war, which we, which was. He was, and we saw this in episode three when he goes, very good, Anakin. Kill him. Kill him now. Um, and we see that face that he decided to post last week as a video, which was great. Um, but then getting his ass kicked and leaving him for dead on Mustafar by Anakin, uh, by uh, Obi-Wan, wasn't in the cards for Palpatine. So I think Palpatine was disappointed that Anakin will never reach his full height. And he got stuck with another apprentice that will be not dead weight, but not be what he expected to be. And that was the person to carry his legacy and the Sith legacy to the millennium because he wanted to rule the galaxy for as, for as long as he possibly could. So that's what I think he's a disappointment. I don't know. Makes sense. Oh, well, either way. Eh. Have you ever heard of the story of Darth Plagueis the Wise? Never heard of him. Okay. Well, he didn't live long and prosper because he died in his sleep because of his apprentice. Um, the Rise of Skywalker prequel line shows how much Palpatine is like Plagueis. Uh, this is again from a screen rant, and they try to make soup salad chicken shit where he recites the line, uh, the dark side of the force has uh, unnatural. Uh, what was the line, Doc? 
the dark side of the force is the way to your natural abilities. Yes, that's it. I'm sure like that. And they're saying that Plague is trying to find out immortality for himself. And then Palpatine doing it as well shows how he's really so much like Plagueis. Yada, yada, yada. Horseshit. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> next next uh, article was Emperor Palpatine feared Luke Skywalker after Return of the Jedi. Did you know this? Of course he did. It's fucking Luke Skywalker. That's not ridiculous. But he mentions it. He mentions it where? He mentions it because in a comic book, in the Snoke, uh, I'm sorry, the Kylo Ren miniseries, when Snoke takes him to Dagobah and he goes, why do you respect Luke? And Snoke goes, I don't respect him. I fear him because if I had him by my side instead of you, I'd rule the entire galaxy. Blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. Now, after episode nine, we know that everything Snoke did was orchestrated and contrived by Palpatine. So everything he said, Palpatine said. Like he said in the in, in episode nine, I am every voice you have ever heard your head. Inside your head. You know. Snoke trained you well. I killed Snoke. I'll kill you. My boy. I made Snoke. I have been every voice you have ever heard inside your head. Hello there. If that's the case, then it's him saying what Snoke said. So it's really Palpatine saying it. So it's not a retcon. It's just something that they decided to venture into and saying that Palpatine was just scared of Luke. What's your take? Um, again, I think if he's smart, he'd be he'd recognize the fact that he's scared of Luke, uh, especially after the fact that Luke and, and his dad whipped his ass, and he realized that the kid became a pretty fucking good uh, a Jedi without a uh, you know minimal training. Like somebody else we know, um, despite the fact that uh, you know Yoda didn't, probably didn't give him very much. So, and with Luke reading the text and getting better and practicing and doing all this shit in between that time, of course, at that point he should be afraid of him because he defeated him at his full at his full power. Why wouldn't he be able to defeat him when he's in his weakened state from his shitty ass clone body? So, uh, sure, he was fucking scared of him. Uh, I don't blame him. Okay. I was and likely thinking, why he was trying to recruit his grandma, his, his granddaughter. His grandson and his granddaughter, yeah. Um, I was thinking about you this weekend. Uh, I bought a shower? No. I was, I was, I, I bought a power washer. I was power washing the concrete in my house. This thing has 300 PS, 3000 PSI and is super strong. So every time I'd spray in my head, I'm going, Unlimited power! <laughs> Buzzing the fucking dirt out. Oh god, it was kicked back. It was kicking back the water. It was, it was like holding a freaking fire hose, like a fireman. And I was like, unlimited power every time. And I thought of listen, you laughing. If, if you want to get the kids to listen, just fucking hit it with that thing. Oh fuck yeah! Uh, you want to do it from a certain point of view? I think we should bag it tonight. 
I never bag it, so I got 37 kids. But Spiro, let them know where they can find you at. Yeah, man, it's been great. But you can also find me every Friday on the on the Rational Rage podcast on the Rational Rage Network. The show's gone through a bit of an evolution. It's no more anger-filled rant fest about politics because that shit just does no good to anybody's soul. It just divides us all. So now it's just a show where people come on, they hang out, we have a few drinks, and we talk about anything, you know? Uh, on Instagram, Spiro underscore A, Darth underscore Spiridon. That's it, guys. All right, Doc. Besides Jeez. tomorrow, making your own lightsaber, where they can find you at? I'm hoping I'm making a lightsaber tomorrow. Let's see what happens. I may go a little bit live on the page tomorrow at that Galaxy's Edge. We'll see what happens. Uh, you can find me at Dr. D-R underscore Destroyo, D-E-S-T-R-R-O-Y-O Instagram, Alex Arroyo MD on Facebook, and Alex Arroyo MD on Twitter. You can find me at Greek God Papadon on Twitter, Instagram, Demetrius Papadon on Facebook. Dimitri, uh, Greek God Papadon is the YouTube channel. Go please subscribe. Like the matches. Comment. Enjoy the promos. Um, you can go to Pro Wrestling Tees slash Greek God Papadon. Go buy your Greek God Papadon t-shirts. Uh, you can find all of us together, collectively, at NFO underscore podcast on Twitter. Official New Force Order on Facebook and New Force Order on Instagram. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much for your effort. Doc, thank you for taking time out of your vacation to enlighten the fans as well. This has been a uh, jam-packed edition, which we had to edit it down. One day, maybe we'll get the JJ cut of this episode uh, of the new Force Order. And that's just too sweet. The fuck? That's the Mickey Mouse. Oh. Oh boy! <laughs> Execute order N F Revan is in canon. This is our most desperate hour.
We'll burn your ass.